This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 356. Are you lonesome tonight? You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Everybody, and welcome to my Mac podcast number 356. And as you heard, am I lonesome tonight? Well, actually, I'm not. And thanks to everybody who responded last week um, and offering their services um, to me. Uh, but I've got a guest, a very special guest. And I'll tell you what, both Steve and I are. Well, today we've got a really special guest. Yes, so Steve. So we're really, really excited That's about better. this. That's better. God, good grief, Steve. He never knows what to say. <laughs> this is going to be great. So, Peter, Peter Upfold. Hello. He's my special guest tonight. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And yourself, Gaz? Yeah, oh, yeah superb, thank you, superb. Really? It's, it's a little bit, the dynamic's a little bit different tonight, everybody, because uh, obviously Guy's not here shouting me down like he normally does. Um, but um, I thought we needed to get somebody who's going to be on pretty much all the way through. So um, I asked out and Peter offered his services. And very welcome too. So Peter, just tell the listeners who you are, where you come from, uh, what you do, if you've got a Mac, if you've not got a Mac. Well, um, I'm Peter Upfold. I come from peter.upfold.org.uk. Is that the right answer? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm from the south of England. I'm 21, and uh, yeah, and I have I have two men. <laughs> do you have a girlfriend? I mean, if you want, we could go down that route if you want to. <laughs> Let's not go down the route. But, <laughs> okay, you know, okay. But, you know, my, my email address is uh, you know, there on the website. So, um... <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. And... Um... What do you do, Peter? Have you got anything to do with Macs? Are you a developer? Are you not a developer? Are you uh, uh, any administration with Macs? Uh, have you got nothing to do with Macs at all? Um, well, you know, that's a bit of a complicated question to answer. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I, I use Macs at home. I'm using Macs a little bit in what I'm doing. I'm actually helping out uh, at a local further education college is one of the things I'm doing at the moment. Um, and they do have a Mac in there. But actually, I'm I'm looking I'm focusing on on Linux and Windows dual booting. Uh, there's a whole you know lab of computers dual booting, which is fantastic. There's one Mac in there, so I suppose I could sort of shoehorn it in there uh, <laughs> a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's. So what that's... is what do you like about using the Mac then? Well, it's it's a fantastic it's a fantastic computer system. I mean, I've always been really really interested in everything. From the very beginning, I've wanted to understand and get to grips with all different types of technology. So I started with Windows, as many people do. In about 2003, I started to play around with Linux, and I used that um, for, for quite some time. But I really I found that I was desperate to find out more about the Mac as well, because it was the one major system that I knew 
not a lot about. And so actually in about, in early 2007, I bought my white MacBook, which is sitting over here, uh, you know, still running great. <laughs> and that really got me into the world uh, and got me into the community. And it's just, you know, it's been, ever since then, I've, I've really grown to love the Mac. It's become the primary system I'm using on the desktop. I'm still very interested in everything else because yeah. I just love using everything. Right. But, um, yeah, the Mac and the community around the Mac has become it, a big yeah, part. Yeah, that, that's of, a big part um, of it, isn't it, really? It's, yeah. that, it's that community atmosphere that... Um... And, and the other thing is, coming from the, coming from the Linux world, I love the, 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 the real getting, getting geeky with the command line and Linux and everything. And the Mac is brilliant because it brings you all of that power and flexibility. And it's really great to use as well when you don't want to get geeky with it and you want it to just work. I yeah. think you maybe have a soundbite for that, don't you guys? Well, <laughs> well I, I might have. I'm not going to spoil the people tonight. <laughs> but, yeah, I've got... <laughs> yes. We've already perhaps used that a bit. Yeah, po yeah, possibly. But, Steve? It just works. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you said just in the little bit of pre-show that we had, which wasn't very long, to be honest with you, something about a time machine drive. Have you been yeah, so you've been messing about with your time machine? I have been messing around with my time machine, yeah. I've actually, for quite some time now, had a 160-gig partition on a 250-gig drive as my time machine. Now, I have other backup in the mix here as well to get everything. But in order to fit all my data onto this quite small partition in, in modern terms. I'd have a load of exclusions, and I was constantly hitting that, you run out of space, I've deleted old backups, and I can only keep a month's worth of historical backups. And this was really starting to annoy me. So I actually went out and bought a just a uh, three and a half SATA drive of one terabyte. So it's actually just a drive that you might put inside a computer. Right. And I have a Freecom, oh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called a Freecom Voyager. Is it like one of is, is it like one of those as I refer to them like one of those toaster drives where you pop yes it, in it is very much that it's yeah. I'm just looking at the box here and it just says hard drive dot pro but I'm sure I'm sure it had a sexy name or something but <laughs> yeah. I can't find one now <laughs> obviously rose tinted spectacles or something yeah no, definitely so, so I've so I've got that you know I'm toasting this um, one terabyte drive now and I started a brand new time machine. Uh, uh, set of set of time machine data and so that's yeah that's one of the things i've been doing and now i've got a whole terabyte dedicated to time machine i'm you know getting ready getting all the stuff ready for lion so that i've i've got a nice full time machine backup well, and all of the all of the versioning history that's going to come in line and everything that's going to use a bit more space probably on time machine so i'm well prepared for the future now brilliant that's, oh, yeah, that's one, one of the things i've uh, i've been playing around with this week and actually it's, it seems faster the old drive i had was a seagate free agent desktop drive and this, this drive feels faster inside this dock. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it hasn't got a huge amount of data on it yet. Maybe it's just... Yeah, possibly. I mean, uh, if, the, if the other one was uh, filling up, um, that would have yeah. slowed, slowed it down a little bit, yeah, obviously so, so making maybe, sure it was, it was putting uh, bits in the right places. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty happy with that. So that's one of the things I've been doing this week. Excellent. Excellent. Well... Uh, I'm going to move on now. And uh, basically last week, we I think we called the show something like uh, Here, There and Everywhere, something along those lines anyway. And we forgot to mention that both Guy and myself were um, invitees onto the IMP podcast, which was IMP podcast number 158. I believe actually they've, they've brought out another one since then. But if you really want to listen to Guy and myself on the same podcast, but not this one, Go over to IMP 158. So, and sorry, IMP guys, for not mentioning that last week because, oh, you know, you know me and Guy, we're just all over the place at times. Now, I'm going to go over to the MyMac uh, website, which 
normally has fair amount of items but currently it's been a little bit quiet it must be that time of year and the only thing that's on there since the last time is a review from Mark Seeley uh, on an application called Transcri Transcribe if only I could put my teeth in um, now Transcribe the best thing I, I could find as a description for it without me going too in depth is <clears throat> it basically is an application um, for people who want to work out a piece of music from a recording uh, in order to write it out um, or to play it themselves, or both, of course. So it basically transcribe a piece of music that you pop in into uh, the application. Now, it's around $50, I believe, um, and I think it gets quite a high rating from Mark. I think he gives it 9 out of 10. Um, he says basically as a pro that, uh, or the pros to the application is it, it does a useful and clearly identified job very well, easy to learn and use, well documented, good support, stable and transparent. And the cons are a little expensive. Now, as I don't use any of this sort of application, I presume that he's possibly comparing that with others. So there you go. Anyway, that's the only article that I need to speak about this week on the MyMac site, which is, um, yeah, you need to put some more stuff out there, folks. So we can mention it more. Um, we've had a little bit of feedback um, from Twitter. Katie Floyd uh, copied in um, Guy and Alison. Uh, if you remember, we said on last week that uh, Guy had been on uh, the uh, Mozilla cast and said that um, basically he'd like to learn more about Wiretap Studio. <laughs> and she's asking, that's Katie, of course, is asking Alison if she could do possibly a Screen Steps tutorial. And knowing Alison, she'll love to do that. Uh, actually, Alison respond, responded to uh, Katie and Max saying, I had a blast with him. Huh. Well, I wish I had a blast with him each week. <laughs> now, some feedback from email. Uh, this is from uh, Jeff Lemond. He said, so I use iWeb to create our church's website. Then I registered our domain name with a company called Hover.com and I used MobileMe to host the site. I used iWeb because it was also integrated with the Mac OS. Now it looks like I'll be moving everything to Squarespace. I'm holding out hope that Apple does something to keep iWeb alive, but it doesn't look good. I also happen to be one of the few who use iDVD. It's handy for making a quick video from a project for a friend to look at iMovie, uh, oh dear, that's that's my that's my fault. I must have put something in there. He says I might end up keeping OS ten Snow Leopard on the Mac and Lion on another. I enjoy the podcast. You guys um, got me onto soundboard uh, to add soundboard onto my computer. Keep up the good work. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in the second section. Actually, um, I've already preempt um, Peter with uh, a link to the Apple website about mobile me and um, possibly another rant from Gaz coming up. Anyway, some more from email. Um, I listen to every show on Stitcher. I've heard a lot about Stitcher, actually. I, I have heard a lot about it. Crikey, listen to me. I've actually popped it onto my iPad, but so far I've not been so impressed, but I have heard a lot of people using it. Anyway, uh, this is from St Steve Belizzi. Uh, I listen to every show on Stitcher. Thanks for all you do. Uh, sign me up for the iHub or tell me how to do it. I miss that part of the work. Well, Steve, you've got to send in a bumper. You know those little bumpers that uh, Guy and I read out? If you send in one of those, and um, 
I think we've been getting a little bit of more reaction to that, so you'll have to send a good one in now because I think there's some choices coming up. But if you send in a bumper, send it into Guy or myself, uh, and then you could be in for one. Um, we've got four more likes on Facebook. Uh, yay. <laughs> I'm not really sure what good that does anybody, but there you go. Um, and on Facebook, again from Jeff, we've had, I enjoy the podcast every week. Great stuff, G-Men. Does anyone know if Apple plans to offer Logic on the Mac app store anytime soon? Um, well, I think, Jeff, that your guess is as good as mine on that one. But looking at the way Apple are going with all their products, and what do you think, Peter? I have a feeling that Logic will be appearing. I think the answer is yes. I think the question is the anytime soon bit. Because mm. um, mm. it may be that they wait until they've finished a fantastic new version before they do that. So uh, I, I guess there's nothing we can do but wait and see and um, not pay too much attention to rumours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the Apple rumour mill. Where would we be without them, though? In a much better place. Probably, <laughs> probably. OK, so Andrew uh, Hall also wrote on Facebook, have a great time, Guy, this with reference to Guy doing his little trip. And if you all remember from last week, he was looking forward to filling up his podcast or filling up his podcast so we could go and listen to him. Because normally when he's in the car, he's got the kids and the wife saying, we're not listening to that. So uh, uh, Andrew said, hope you got lots of good podcast listening done on the drive. Now, feedback from Skype. Well, <laughs> as you can hear, I've got no idea, as Guy didn't make me an admin on the phone number. So, bad boy, Guy. <laughs> if there is feedback on the Skype, he'll have to wait till next week. There you go, Pete, you see. He, he goes and he forgets the keys. Typical, typical. Yeah. Now, normally, um, Guy pops in a tech news of the weird, but I haven't got any tech news of the weird, so that's going to be staying as it is this week, I think. I think I think this show's going to be weird enough with me on it, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. So what do you think about the Mac App Store? Uh, what, in general? In general. it's You know, I had some reservations about it initially because what I don't want to happen is for it to be, in the fullness of time, made the only way to get apps. And I, I sort of had this fear that the release after Lion, they might start, not allowing apps that don't go through the app store access to new features in the operating system and APIs and stuff. And so I'm a little bit concerned that we do need to make sure we still have another way to do it because that's the way the Mac has worked. I think that freedom on a personal computer is important. But, you know, if we leave that aside, it's really, you know, it's really good because, uh, you know, we don't have to fiddle around with disks. You don't have to fiddle around with activation keys and all sorts of those DRM schemes that can be not very nice to the user, at least this DRM scheme is is kind of reasonable. You can run it on all the Macs that you own and control. You can download it at any number of times if you've lost it. Or So I think, you know, there are, there are some really great elements of it. I'm just a bit concerned that I wouldn't want it to be the only way, and I hope that doesn't sort of, I don't know, I hope they don't shut down the other way. Yeah, uh, I, I heard somebody, um, I think, oh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but I think he was talking to um, Adam Christian, son on the uh, Maccast podcast I think it was the extra uh, podcast that he does the um, the members feed and he was talking to a guy and, and basically this it, it sounded almost as if the thought process was that yep Apple are definitely going to go down this route you know the scary route where it, it basically it's basically a large iPad because that's what the iPad is isn't it you, you know although yeah. you can put extra apps you can only put apps on really 
through the app store unless you jailbreak. And um, he, he almost said the word, yeah, we might have Macs that we have to jailbreak in the future. I can't see that myself. I don't see that happening. Um, but I can understand the yeah. logic of where he's going with that argument. See, I, I wouldn't rule it out because Apple don't hold on to legacy if they don't think it's what's going to be you know, no. the best thing moving forward. I mean, they're not afraid to do things that upset people to pursue what they think makes a better product. Now, for me, it wouldn't make the Mac a better product because I, you know, I like being geeky with my computer and I'd like to continue doing that. And I think that is important for the class of user that I am. For most people, it probably doesn't make that much difference. And for a lot of users, the way that the iPhone, iPod Touch and iPad work is great because they don't care about anything else and they like the fact that it's managed for you in a lot of ways. Yeah. But yeah. for me, that does concern me. I think and I think as long as they keep the option there, that, that's going to be the way forward because yeah. you've got to be able to move forward. And if they're not careful and they go down that route, it's just going to become, you know, a commodity product. And where does commodity products end up? Generally lowering their price and generally lowering the quality because they've got to lower the price and keep their margins. So um, I don't think it'll go totally down that route, but I, I certainly see with Lion that, you know, they're trying to make an easier product for people to use. But as long as you still got the option, I think, and I think yeah. they'll keep that. And for quite a significant number of users, the Mac App Store is going to mean they're actually going to buy more software and yes, have, find yes. more software that's useful to them. So again, if you're looking at the, I don't know, I don't know, you know, I don't have statistics in front of me, but for a large portion of Mac users, this is great, and it really is the way forward. And for everyone else, they can do it the other way if they know how and, and want to. And so I'm, you know, I'm completely happy with Lion and and the situation we have today in Snow Leopard. I'm just a bit concerned what what happens with 10.8 whatever cat that's going to be hmm. yes or would they move Jimmy, to, or would they move to another uh, species because mm. <laughs> we're running yeah. out of cats i think aren't we? yeah i'm sure there was one that we, we tabby cat had... call it tabby yeah, we, have, we haven't had tabby cat there was uh, i can't remember what it was now i think onyx is that a cat uh, there is an cat. onyx isn't it i think Mind you, would they yeah, call their operating system the same as, as some sort of software that's out there? Oh, no, we they, don't know. They, they just we, do you know what we're doing? We're rumour milling. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble with myself now. <laughs> yes, you're going to have to tell yourself off. And yes. on, that, on that note, everybody... That yeah, on that bombshell. <laughs> yeah, for any UK listeners out there, they know exactly what we mean by that. Um, anyway, for everybody else, stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. from the MyMac family of podcasts, Tech Fan, hosted by Tim Robertson and me, David Cohen. If it moves air and it keeps you cool, then this is the podcast for you. We cover ceiling fans, desk fans, swamp coolers and air conditioners. If it's to do about air displacement and you want to geek out on that, then this is right up your street. Hello? Oh, hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm just recording a trailer for the new podcast. What do you mean you've reconsidered the concept? What, you don't want to cover fans anymore? Technology? Well, I suppose, yeah, we know a bit about it. Well, you've been doing it for 20 years or so, haven't you? You want to geek out on technology instead. Well, how are we going to change the name of the show, then? Oh, I see. Fans of technology. 
Okay, I guess that'll work. You're the boss. Okay, catch you later. Tech fan. It's not about fans, but it is about tech. In unnatural places, the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Welcome back to the second section of this week's MyMac.com podcast. And I still have with me Peter, who's he's not run away yet, so that's probably going to help me through the rest of the show certainly you are still there peter aren't you yeah yeah I, i'm still here at the moment <laughs> shifty eyes <laughs> i didn't say anything i didn't say anything you know <laughs> if you've got shifty eyes that's not my problem anyway <laughs> as the email in the first section mentioned um the use of mobile and the changes that were occurring and also the fact that like a lot of people I use mobile I thought we'd have a little bit of a discussion because Apple actually put out a mobile me frequently asked questions about the transition mobile me and iCloud. So, Peter, have you had a chance at all to look at what the transition means to you, if it means anything at all to you? Well, I'm not a mobile me user, so it doesn't affect me directly. So there's that. Well, that's that's good for you. That's not good for me. Yeah. It's not good for no. me to talk. Do you know, in fact, before this happened, this occurred, um, because, I mean, there was lots of speculation about iCloud and what it was going to be. I was actually anticipating that they might offer more services rather than less. And I, I was getting ready to uh, pay more for publishing of my photos because I use the galleries. I love the galleries. Yeah. I think they're brilliant. Uh, I use them all the time. And I was getting ready to pay more for that and actually stop using Flick Flickr so much as a pro user because I don't use Flickr enough to be a pro user. I mean, there were times mm. when I was using it quite to that degree. But I was prepared to you know use that money and thought, right, I'll give more money to Apple to do that. And also, I actually do um, some hosting from um, mobile me as well so I, I was rather disappointed when we found out that mail yes you'll still be able to use mail yes contacts that's not a problem calendar that's still going to be there bookmarks as we know still going to be there find my iphone i haven't got one so it doesn't bother me <laughs> that's that's not very fair is it really because i do have well, an ipad the, and i the, can use the, that yes yeah. <laughs> that that service is anyway yes anyway, that's, that's yeah that's a, well it's, it's free anyway and it's still going to be there uh, and back to my mac so all of those services are going to be still available and free of course now what goes pretty much is iweb publishing uh not iweb let's be careful there uh mm. the the publishing part of it which um as i said i've uh, i'm actually using I suppose, it for i suppose we should disambiguate that further because you will still be able to use iWeb to publish to yes. any FTP server, but yes. just not to the MobileMe servers by pressing the fancy little MobileMe button. Correct. That's the bit that's going. So it's just that part of it. Because Correct. If you, you can still happily use iWeb, but you'll need to sort out your own hosting, which will be much more of a pain than using MobileMe. Well, it'll uh, be would... pretty much like 
most other services, wasn't it? Apart from the, the likes of Squarespace, which is like totally integrated, a lot of services you you know you they don't generally offer. If you buy a separate package, let's say you get a computer and you've got a package there to create websites, they don't offer in the same package uh, Post, publishing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have to go off and, you know, and that's what I liked about the fact that mobile only was so integrated with the mm. with the publishing side. I, I thought, hang on a minute, I'm paying for a host. You know, I paid for the registrar and then I'm paying for the hosting. Why am I doing that? Because I've actually got hosting at mobile me and I started using it. And if you're not, you know, if you've not got lots of hits on your website, then uh, like Gazmas doesn't really have. It was just really for me to put up there. I knew it wasn't going to have masses and masses of hits. That that was the perfect, perfect environment for it. And I think it was the perfect environment for a lot of people. And, you know, we've had an email back from someone who perhaps uses it not so uh, relaxed, but um, they're using it at a fairly mild uh, level. And they too are going to have to go out and find another service to now publish. So it just makes it that a little bit um, more complicated. So you know when he says it just works. well, it doesn't anymore, does it? <laughs> so um, and of course, I'm, we're sticking on iWeb. Let me go through the other two items. The, those of which are gallery that is disappearing, and iDisk. And guess what? I've just started using iDisk more. I, I couldn't. I, th- I just thought I don't believe it. Perhaps I should. This I is sh- an official. Gaz is about to go into a rant. No. <laughs> well, iDisc was always slow, and I, you know, like everybody else, I got fed up with iDisc being so slow. However, I was missing an important point. I wasn't saving the files locally. I was keeping them up in the cloud and syncing them from the cloud. Well, the likes of Dropbox doesn't do that. It actually keeps the files on your local hard drive. You know, people seem to forget that if you've got a Dropbox um, account, excuse me, uh, if you've got a Dropbox account, the files are kept locally if you keep, I think, I'm not sure whether there's an option not to keep them locally, but most people are going to have those files locally. So I thought, I went into the um, system preferences and I thought, hang on a minute, Yes, I can keep my iDisk files locally as well. And that speeded it up no end because it was doing like Dropbox and syncing in the background. Now, it still wasn't as neat as Dropbox, but it was good. And I think I was starting to think, right, I'll give them more money from that perspective as well and have a little bit more space. What do they do? They've thrown it away. (sighs) So so here are the things that that strike me. A couple of things strike me. The other things that will be going, there are slightly less um, prominent are things like syncing of dashboard widgets and keychains yes. and dock items and system preferences. System, system preferences, actually, I've used a few times, to mm. be honest with you. So, you know, so, that's been so quite what, useful. What strikes me about that is, well, I'll come back to those smaller things in a moment. Yeah. But the Mobile Me Gallery, I mean, they released their app for viewing galleries for the iPhone, iPod Touch and iPad yeah. as recently as October last year, which isn't really that long ago, they released a brand new app for viewing galleries. And it seems odd that not that long after putting all that effort into making that app, there's, there's no direct replacement for this feature at all. I mean, what do they expect people to do? Do we have to use Facebook now? Do we have to go to Flickr now? You know, it's, it's, there isn't a solution that's quite as simple as Mobile Me Gallery was, and for many people worked quite as well. 
And yeah. it's just going. I mean, there's no this photo stream, but that's that's not as far as I'm aware for sharing with anyone else. No, it's just no, your that's device. no. I mean, I, when I first heard that, and, and I thought, well, perhaps the photo stream is going to be, but then when you think about it, no, it's not. And they didn't mention it or talk about it as being a replacement for gallery. And this says that gallery is pretty much going. And as as I say, I've used that, and I, I've seen lots of galleries and lots of people using gallery. So again, you're dead right. So you've got to go out there now. And find an you know alternative solution. Now perhaps that's where the integration of Flickr, and that's where I think um, Apple are coming from, because they've certainly made it a lot easier to in, uh, integrate in Flickr into the likes of Aperture and iPhoto. And I think that's where they're thinking everybody goes for the pictures or Facebook and probably we'll see some better Facebook integration in the future. And they're not worrying about it. So, you know, they're doing what we spoke about earlier and not worrying about who they uh, upset um, to move forward. But, yeah. but I'm not sure this is a move forward. And I, and I can see where they're coming from in terms of most people are going to use Facebook for that now or Flickr, maybe. But it just the, what I liked about it, again, not being a mobile me user, just looking at other people's photos in gallery, is it was really simple. It did just what it did, and it did it really well. It worked great with the um, with iOS devices with that app. Yeah. And it's not going to be like that. And I, I, I I'm really anti Facebook. I've I've not no. had an account there for, for some time now. So I don't want to participate in that at all. And this is pushing more people, it seems, onto Facebook because I think that's where the where the bulk of the users are going to go. That, that were using gallery but, but facebook is not it's not a photo sharing site is it I, you know for me Flickr's the nearest comparison mm. but i understand you know i, I can understand I think them thinking go, sorry go on i think most people are likely to go in the direction of facebook i mean of your average user i think people that Flickr's user base i don't think is growing that significantly anymore it's it's not i don't think where most people are going to go the sort of people that that probably use gallery. Okay, so here's a statement. I don't know. I'm speculating. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's my that's my guess. Yeah, here's a, here's a statement for you then. If there's any app, app developers out there, I think there are a number, a large number of users that you could latch onto, and if you can get some um, APIs and, and lock in and do something similar to what you know the iWeb Publishing and Gallery and iDisk was. Well, perhaps not iDisk because a lot of people are going to go to Dropbox and you know or not Dropbox at all. They're just going to use their the the cloud services that Apple are going to um, supply. But certainly for the the definitely the picture side, I think there is uh, an opportunity there because it was so easy. It was so easy, yeah. and that's all it did. I mean, even to a certain degree, Flickr can be a little bit complicated, and then you, you know, you get friend requests, and you know, and, it, and it, they change the interface quite a lot. And yeah, there's, it's it just doesn't. It, it's it's great for if if you're a user that wants to use a service like Flickr, but I don't think it it doesn't seem to have the same goal as Mobile Me Gallery did, and so I don't think it would solve the same problem for some of those users. No, no, I agree. Yep. The other thing I wanted to come to, if I could, about yep. the smaller bits of functionality, with, these are the sync services for dashboard uh, widgets and dock items and keychains. The thing that really got me about this was one of people are really relying on syncing keychains for important passwords. And all of a sudden that stops and they're expecting pa their passwords to be on both Macs. Now, I don't know how many people use that feature. Maybe it's not very significant, but it seems to me that's something that doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to keep and that really is important. I mean, just because Lion's going to be out doesn't mean we're not going to need 
the keychain in OS X still to work, and people will want to get the keychain synchronized on multiple Macs. I mean, what do they have yeah. to use? Drag them around with AirDrop? That, 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 that AirDrop feature in like It's just... It, particularly that. I think some of these other little, little sort of courtesy features of, of, of the syncing between Macs, it I, seems odd to discontinue them. It's that's and that's a good word. They they seem to have lost the courtesy here because I mean they they were going on and I actually got fed up when I, I saw the 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 keynote and he says, mobile me wasn't our finest hour. Actually, mobile me was a very good hour, Steve. I've got to say it was a very good hour. The implementation, think- the way the way you carried it through, um, was possibly not so well, uh, not such a good fine fine hour. But mobile me is a cracking service. And, but dare, it's gone. Dare, it's gone. Yeah. Well, it will. It will, it will have gone anyway. <laughs> dare, dare I make a comparison that might draw me some fire? Go for it. All, we like fire like, here. Now, now we know Windows Vista, right? Was never heard a of it. PR disaster, <laughs> no, really, <laughs> because people just decided they didn't like it, fairly or not. I'm not going to make a judgment on that here, right? Mm-hmm. Windows Seven is much like Vista was, yes. but people had got used to it. And there were some changes to make it better as well. And it wasn't a PR disaster. Now, is it the case that MobileMe is a bit similar to Vista in the sense that when it launched, there were some problems and everybody decided they hated it? And, and you know, so... It, so, we, so, so is Steve there? saying that... Yeah, so is Steve saying that MobileMe wasn't their finest PR hour? Yeah, I think I think that's probably what he meant. Maybe he didn't want to say it in such. Um, no, he would definitely wouldn't. He most definitely wouldn't. But, I, but you know, but as you say, it wasn't a disaster. No. It was just a PR disaster, and the launching was really not up to standard. But you know, many people were very happy with it and happy to pay for it. Obviously, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm disappointed. Um, I'm certainly disappointed, and it's it, what disappoints me. I think you know people people will come back at us and and say, yes, but Apple move on. You say that you know they've got stuff and they move on. Yes, they do. And I'm quite happy with that, and that's that's good because it gives us a better product. But they don't move on quite so quickly normally. Mobile Me has not been out that long, and and, and the whole history of this service it's been rebranded. Yeah, it would have been rebranded four times something. by the time the iCloud thing happens. Something like that. So I suppose some people yeah. will say, well, it's been out for a long time. It's just been rebranded. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, I, I, I do find it a bit of a disappointment. I'll get over it, I'm sure, and we'll find better services. But I think there's there's room there for some app development and some people to get something out there which is, is, is going to work. And I think people might have some, you know, cash laying around to, to pay you guys. So uh, look out. And we I'll certainly be keeping my eyes open. I'll I tell mean, you what, this, this reminds me of an... Interesting service called, I think it's called Frooks. It's F-R-U-U-X dot com. Don't use it. I have heard of it. No, I, I don't use it either, but it, it basically does very similar things to Dot .Mac and, and MobileMe in terms of syncing uh, Safari bookmarks, iCal, address book. And they're, they're working on some other things. I don't know. Maybe for some users that might solve or, or replace some of the things that are going in MobileMe. I just thought, hmm. I wonder. Yeah, well, I think we're going to... Or well, maybe it's an opportunity for them. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do a little bit of uh, uh, research. And, and, and as the weeks and months go by, uh, we'll, certainly, um, we'll certainly have those alternatives available to us and, and we'll certainly let the listeners know. Um, now, that, w- 
I'm I'm thinking it was called Frux. Is it Flux or Frux? It's it's got an R in it, so it's Frux. But I don't know whether it's sort of Frux or Frux. Oh yeah, I think it's W. Yeah, W. Because it's W. So. I'm not not W, but two U's in a row. Yes, yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, not www dot. Yeah. Anyway, I'll. Uh, so I'm probably pronouncing it wrong and making a fool of myself. But uh, no, no, you did right. I, that's no, what I'm here for. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Well, that's that's certainly something which I'll I'll get a link into the show notes for for people so they they can take a look and maybe we'll have a, a little bit of a closer look that uh, at that in the in the weeks to come. Okay, well, I think uh, that's enough of my moaning. People get fed up with me moaning. I'm gonna have to have they'll ask for Guy back, so I can moan at him. <laughs> now, everybody, I think you're gonna have to stand by to stand by, and we'll be no tiger this time. <laughs> we'll be right back. Back to owning a portable Mac? Not enough hard drive space. Who wants to carry an external hard drive around with you? That defeats the entire reason to own a laptop. Instead, replace that seldom used optical drive with an MCE OptiBay. With OptiBay, you can install a second hard drive in your MacBook, MacBook Pro, or heck, even a Mac Mini. Imagine two terabytes more storage in your MacBook Pro, or heck, even one of those super fast solid state drives. With MCE's OptiBay, you could do just that. Check them out online at mcetech.com. That's m-c-e-t-e-c-h.com. Hey, my Mac listeners. Sam Levin here from App Minute, the ultimate, ultimate source for app news and information. Cool things about all your iPad, iPhone, iPod Touch, Android, anything that connects to those devices we're all over it. And in less than two minutes, you can get your fix from atminute.com. Check it out today. It's a free podcast. You can listen live under your browser or via iTunes. Check it out today at atminute.com. It's an interesting affair. I used to roll the dice, feel the fear. And welcome back to the last section of the MyMac.com podcast with myself and Peter. Amazingly, I just find it incredibly still here. Um, yeah, I'm and, still here. Uh, and I don't know what music was playing in those uh, in those gaps. I don't know what adverts have been put in there because I'm supposed to be doing it all this week and I'm certainly not doing it as neatly as Guy normally does. So, yeah, Guy, I'm so pleased that you have to edit this each week. I really am. 
I don't know whether he's listening to that either. Anyway, we'll find out next week. So we've got a few stories that we're just going to uh, trundle through in this last section. Um, one that I spotted, actually, that I was quite interested in is the fact that um, somebody did some calculations and they thought that um, <laughs> a consequence of losing the PC wars, which is a little bit ironic, the basis of the calculation or the, the result of this calculation is that the, they, the person thinks that HP's personal computer group probably makes less from selling seven PCs when it comes to profit per machine than Apple do when they sell just one. <laughs> A consequence of losing the PC wars. I think I just thought that was really funny. What do you think, I, I Peter? Think, I think that headline is Gruber bait. Gruber <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> because because that's I, th- I'm, I don't know whether this came first or or John Gruber talking about losing the PC wars came first but that's it struck me as sort of deliberately designed to get his attention <laughs> no, but it, it's 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 an interesting you know it's an interesting story and it, it it makes a lot of sense I mean HP don't make any money off software no nope. maybe they make some money off crap but they don't make any money off the operating system they don't they can't charge the premium price they're you know going to be closer to therefore to all their profit margins you know it's it's kind of what we expected. Yeah, and 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 this this is what concerns me about Apple, you know, going down the consumer side a little bit too much, as we were talking about in the, you know, in the in the first section, I think we were, um, and and it it's you know when we're talking about lying coming along and uh, you know having just a consumer product and, but I I I don't think Apple will go down that route, and you know because they'll get more and more pressured because one of the biggest differences and this is still the biggest advantage i think that they've got some people will call it a closed environment and no good for anybody well they're not doing too well concerning considering they they obviously run the software and the hardware and i think that's their biggest advantage over every other company what do you think yeah absolutely i mean it's i think steve actually said that OS X is part of the Mac. It, the fact that it is completely unique software and that it's all designed to work together is what makes a Mac a Mac. I mean, it's not just a computer that happens to be a premium product and pretty and well-designed in its hardware. It's the whole package of everything coming together that makes makes the product. Um, and so you're going to, you know, be able to, to benefit from all of that integration, making it a better product, and also you've got fewer you've not got sort of fracturing of needing this from you know essentially you've got like fewer suppliers because you're not supplying the operating system from microsoft and a huge chunk of of the profit that's made out of the machine is going to go to them because of the the software um so yeah it's it's a huge advantage i think Uh, i think it it makes go on it makes the mac unique i mean it almost feels like this is a uh, an apples and oranges comparison because the mac (laughs) is a unique kind of product being completely integrated in this in this way and every other generic pc is is different yeah so in a sense it almost is a bit of a weird comparison to do it well does it does it show the you know the difference between the two environments i think it, it does prove completely the the difference between the two environments in the heyday pcs were making lots of money but you know people have moved on from you know that box in the corner which is a little bit specialized now they know mm. you know Things can it can work to your advantage, and it can be quite simple. And you know, 
certainly certainly Apple have, have got that total environment and you know it does just work apart from when they've got mobile me but I won't go on about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe this is all part of n- sort of normal people that don't really care that much about technology getting to this point where they realize that having a device that is more consumer focused and is more of a product rather than sort of a modular platform like a PC is means that it's better for them. So they're selling lots of Macs and they can take advantage of all of these, the, the, the premium uh, price that they can charge and make, you know, significantly more money. So, uh, and of course, nobody else can compete with Apple at making Macs unless you have the clones. And of course, we haven't heard much about them recently. No, um, no, the clone so, wars you know, are that's over. The other thing. They can, <laughs> you know, so they can, in a sense, charge what they want for the whole product now, rather what, than being... How, know, how, maybe there's less competition. How do you... What, what, what do you think if... OK, let's take this... Oh, I didn't think we was going down this route, but let's go with it. In Europe, we have anti-competitive law. OK? What happens if an Apple becomes 70, 80, 90% of the market? Considering they own the whole thing... I wonder what you know how the European Union would look at it then, or whether Apple would not allow that to happen by just saying, "Okay, let's increase the price of our product. We make more money. We will sell less units, but we'll make more money. We'll still get the you know the people that are, are want yeah. that want to buy the product because it's such a good product." I, I just find if we totally swung that round, you know, Microsoft were hit with having. Um, you know, uh, a player in their application and the fact that they had to offer other browsers in their, you know, their operating yeah. system. And they were only a part of the complete package. Yeah. There are a couple of things at play here. The first one is that I don't think Apple want, particularly with the Mac, they don't want it to become dominant because a lot of people like the Mac because it is a bit different. And while while things like the iPod have become ubiquitous, it's part of sort of, the DNA of the Mac is that it, you have to make a specific choice away from choosing a Windows machine mm. to choose a Mac. So I think that's important. Uh, and the other thing is... Yeah, because they, they, they don't seem to worry too much about their, uh, their shareholders. Yes, they do worry about the share price, but they, you know, they don't pay out lots of dividends. And mm. you know, they, they, just, they have a, a vision and they're going with it. And um, yeah, I wonder, you know... I wonder, you know, in 10 years' time, whether we'll still be talking about that. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, I don't... Th- one of the things that happened back in, I think it was 98, with that Internet Explorer bundling thing, was there was this idea that a web browser wasn't an essential and integral part of an operating system. Now, the difference would be, if, app, if, if the Mac had 80 or 90% of the market, you can't really say... You, can, you can't really take away the... Op- operating system and the computer still functions it you so you could probably argue that it is integral to the to the product and so so you you, so it's difficult to say that you could replace it with something else because yeah i I, I suppose where i was going with that was um you know i wonder whether they would have to sell the os to be able to be used on other uh, other machines uh, or whether you you I mean, I mean, you can put other OSs on a Mac as it stands at the yeah. moment, um, but it, it's it's not you know for an everyday user, it's not an easy process. But yeah. um, maybe, you know. maybe maybe what I was trying to say is, if you can't separate the computer from the operating system, 
then you can't separate the operating system from the computer as well, in as much as Apple aren't selling OS X really as a separate product. And no, I think that's no. what they would argue, yeah, yeah, is that, that OS X isn't a product. It's part of the Mac and each Mac that you buy. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're much more likely to face antitrust things with, with about uh, app, the App Store and... Um, well, again, if anything is going to blow up, it's going to be that. Yeah, possibly, possibly. And that's, that may be where they'll get away with it by, you know, making sure that you can still go elsewhere to, to you know, purchase apps yeah. and load apps onto your machine, which... Uh, or I, think, yeah. I think that's why they've backed down on some things on the App Store, where really they probably wouldn't have wanted to in an ideal world. I think they realise the heat is going to get onto them if they're too, uh, if they're too aggressive about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, that that story certainly took us longer than I anticipated. That was almost that was almost a, a guy and Gaz segue. That one was incredible. Um, we got a couple more stories. Um, two of these I, I think are kind of connected and they're very short. You know, you know we don't do news, but you know these these interested me. Um, this was a bit of a dur moment. This first one though, uh, it came from Yahoo News and it says Apple iPad accounts for ninety seven percent of tablet traffic on the web. <laughs> Go on, Peter. Tell me yeah, something else it's... I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the iPhone is a smartphone? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Did you know that that a hundred percent of people that are using Mac OS X have a user agent string with Mac OS X? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it's. I just. I'm making things up here. Isn't I, it? I, yes. I, well, you know, I think a hundred percent of people that breathe air. Breathing oxygen. I mean, it's just, it was just a ridiculous well, well, state. Well, hang on, hang on. What, not necessarily. I mean, people do, you know. Anyway, that, <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's not a good road to go down. Let's no, that's they're definitely not. Well, anyway, apparently iPad, the Apple iPad accounts for 97% of tablet traffic on the web. Well, okay, thanks very much for that piece of information. <laughs> However, I kind of connected it with the fact that also Apple joins the Bluetooth board of directors. Why would they join the board of the Bluetooth directors? Well, basically, um, the uh, SIG, uh, which is the uh, Bluetooth Special Interest Group, um, is a non-profit group that oversees Bluetooth development and licenses for the technology to third parties. Its members define the road and specific strategies for the future of technology, the techno technological standard. Now... Um, Apple selling more and more and more and probably having a device which has got certainly 97% of the uh, um, Wi-Fi traffic. They've also got devices which use an awful lot of Bluetooth. So they are now on the board. So that means that they can offer their suggestions to the right route that the Bluetooth will go down. Now, whether this means in a few years they'll be thrown off because they want it to go in one direction, everybody else wants it to go in another route, I don't know, but there you go. Anyway, Apple have joined, joined the Bluetooth board of directors. Um, and, and all I can say about that is I think the board of Bluetooth directors sounds like some kind of uh, <laughs> James Bond. It's like the board of Bluetooth directors. <laughs> yes, yeah, there could be, yeah, yes, that... I'm sure. I'm sure I mean, there's a there's a, 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 a cat being stroked yeah, in there somewhere. There's a there's there's a there's a James Bond novel in there, isn't there somewhere? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. A Bond a Bond with a tooth. <laughs> you had mm, to get I it guess. in there. Yes, yes, you had to get that <laughs> in, didn't you? And um, last week was it? Last week was it really last week, or was it this week? 
Yes. Apple, Apple released. Yeah, Apple released uh, OS ten ten point six. But now, hang on a minute. Is that right? OS ten ten point six point eight. Yeah, I, I usually say OS ten point six point eight. Even yeah, you see, there. I'm actually now now interesting, and this is another segue for you. MacWorld have got this as Apple releases Mac OS X ten point six point eight. But we shouldn't refer to it as OS X, should we? No, as I say, I, I, I always say this Mac OS 10.6.8, even if they double it up and have an X. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah a, I think you're X. right. Anyway, that's not really the story. <laughs> no, the pronunciation. <laughs> the fact is that they've released... Yeah, yeah. yeah it is really, isn't it? Um, so uh, version 10.6.8, which brings a... Well, have you got any information on what this brings us? Um, or have you got any? Or any view? Have you got any views on uh, on them releasing? You know, 10. what 6? I thought was interesting about this, 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 you know, strongly implies that Lion is going to be coming pretty soon, and we know <laughs> Lion is coming in July. It says it prepares the Mac App Store uh, for to upgrade to Lion. This yeah. this update does. Yeah. So I had a little look at when the last update for Leopard was released, which was ten point five point eight, and then when the shipping version of Snow Leopard was released, and there were. 23 days between the release of 10.5.8 and 10.6, the, the retail version. So maybe we can infer from that that there's a similar uh, amount of time that we have to wait between... So is that your prediction? 23, 23 days from the release of 10.6.8 well, well, to, 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 we to Lion? See. We shall see. I'm not going to bet on it. Oh. <laughs> but, but I think it's, it's, uh, it sort of implies that's about the timescale we're looking at in the next... Uh, well, obviously, this was, as you say, this was last week. So maybe we have fewer than 20 days to cool. wait now. Cool. It's very exciting. So, so now when Lion comes out, you know, are you just going to go for it straight away? Are you, you know, you're going to, as soon as it's out, you're going to buy it, download it, install it. I'm going to buy it and download it, which will take a while. Um, yes, how big is it? How big are we anticipating Lion to be? Is it about four gig? About four gig, yeah. Four it's going to be about four gigs. And when I'm, will do is put it onto a partition on an external drive so I have it there because again you can just click the button and upgrade it straight away but I don't, re I don't really want to download it twice or three times for all the Macs in the house so what I'd hope to do is put it, get the DMG that the download gives you, put that on an external drive and then yeah, and then think about which, which machine I'm going to upgrade first and everything um, You're not yeah. going to try, do, do you think do you think you could put it on a USB stick and do it that way? Probably. I've never had luck getting USB sticks to boot, um, but I have. But of course, of course, Mac now it it, it um, you know with the MacBook Air, it's uh, that comes the OS yeah. comes on and it sees it straight away. So perhaps there's a few scripts Maybe. that have been written in yeah. there that makes it a lot easier to use. Yeah, I haven't tried that with a USB stick and a, a Mac. As I say, I haven't got anything to boot, but that's all. With you know, with Linux stuff mostly. Mm. So yeah, maybe you know, maybe that's an option. Uh, so yeah, what's my point here? My point is, I'm going to put it onto a drive, so I just have a copy of it, as I have with Snow Leopard now. So if I ever need to boot it, I'd have to run around finding disks, or in this case, potentially re-download things if things have got lost or whatever. I can just boot straight from that, and then yeah, I'll, I'll probably upgrade pretty quickly because I'm I'm you know pretty excited about it. I'll have my new backup as we were talking about earlier with my time machine and of course uh, another super duper backup as well so yeah i'll probably be pretty keen to go for it excellent excellent well it, it's funny you should mention 
the uh, the uh, the backup software because I've, I've got those in a couple of my picks so we'll get onto those in a little while now everybody you've all heard guy and his contest he's been hammering away and you have not let us down i just find it ironic that guy's gone <laughs> and i've seen so many feeds coming in i mean i've had a um, a piece from Eric Diaz over Twitter. Uh, we had another one from the fantastic Mark Shepard. We had another one from uh, email through Gary Apter. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Gary. Uh, and then uh, another one, um, Jerry Osh. And again, I think that's his surname. Um, but thanks very much, Jerry. And then Chris Scott. You, you just loads and loads of competition entries. So, um, I don't know quite how many entries we've had, um, but if you've got uh, any bumpers for us, still send them in. And, um, you know, I think you might still just about be within the chance of, of winning one of those little iHubs. Now, obviously, unfortunately, this is only available to people in the US because this is coming out of Guy's own pocket and uh, it'll probably cost him too much if, if he has to send it halfway around the world. So, you know... Even I can't get one from him, which is a shame. But there you go. So keep them coming. And thanks very much so far for your response. Now, Peter, have you got anything that you'd like to mention as a pick? I've actually picked something this week for Guy, but I'm going to do that one last. But have you got a... Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually going to pick a little utility application called Coconut Battery. Now, as you might... Uh as you might suspect from the name, it's to do with, with looking at your battery status in your Mac. Okay. And it's actually, it's a really interesting application because it shows you how much battery charge you have at the moment, you know, based on the percentage, but it also shows you in milliamp hours if you want to get that geeky. It also shows you the maximum charge that your battery can hold according to uh, what the battery software is saying. And over time, you'll see that degrade as batteries get old so it gives you a little bit of a window into how old and how healthy your battery is i'm still saying 99 percent, which is pretty impressive because this machine is uh 27 months old according to this so that's a pretty good um pretty good figure for a for a battery that's that's that old excellent uh, it also it also shows you um uh it also shows you some other interesting things one of the things it shows you actually is the temperature temperature of the battery as well and you want to keep that low because batteries lithium-ion batteries don't like getting hot they permanently degrade if they get hot if they get cold they temporarily degrade but if they get hot they uh, they really aren't very happy with that and it also shows you interesting good tip there by the way that's a very yes, good tip yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, it also shows you how much power usage your whole computer is using if you actually it doesn't show me it now because i'm plugged in but if i unplug it shows me in watts how many uh, how many watts uh, my MacBook Pro is using. So if I turn the brightness down, I can see that the power usage goes down. So it helps you as well optimize how long your battery is going to last yes. um, by, by working out how much power you're using. And actually, one of the things I noticed is if I plug in an external monitor when I'm on battery, which isn't something that's going to happen that often, but just interestingly, the, adapt the display port to HDMI adapter that I have here uh, uses a huge amount of energy, way more than you think. It double, you know, it doubles the idle power usage, and and the battery drops really quickly. That was a really interesting insight that um, that I was able to have through this application. So, it's really interesting to take a look at, and it, it shows you how many. Uh, the other thing it shows you is how many load 
cycles, how many times you've discharged it and recharged it. And once you get to 300, Apple won't replace the battery because they will consider it too old. But if it's below 300 um, and you're having problems with your battery, uh, you know, if you check it and it's below 300, you might want to pop into the Apple store because they're often, they'll, they'll uh, be, uh, they'll exercise their discretion in, in, in giving you a new one. So it gives you all sorts of interesting information about your battery, how you're using it, what's going on right now. So, uh, yeah. And um, where's that, where can you get that from? Ooh, actually, I have not prepared is, is that. It, is, is, it, just... is it in the App Store or is it on a website? I don't think it's in the App Store. I'm not okay. Sure. Okay. Well, well, we'll do that and we'll pop that in the it's, show notes. So. It's at coconut-flavorwithau.com. Okay, well, we'll put that link in, into that. And, and it, is it a free app? A free, uh, it's um, free. It's a free app. Yeah. Superb. So you, can we, make a, you can make a donation via PayPal if you find it super uh, useful. Excellent. Uh, but, yeah, it's a free app. So it's, it's really interesting if you just uh, if you want to get geeky about batteries or if you're having a problem, you can, you can find out a bit of information that might be helpful. Cool. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to continue with the uh, the backup theme, to be honest with you. I think I've mentioned uh, both of these before, and we may, I think... Uh, that we had uh, um, the carbon uh, copy cloner, uh, Mike Bombich, I think, actually on the show um, some little time ago. But the reason I'm bringing it up is precisely because of what we were talking about earlier with the reference to the fact that Lion is coming. And before any, I mean, you should all be backing up anyway. But before it comes, if you haven't got either of these applications, go and have a look. Carbon Copy Cloner uh, is from bombitch.com. It's uh, donationware, and I highly suggest that you do donate because um, Mike is a cracking developer and uh, you want to make sure that the, the app is still around you know, in years to come, and he has been developing it. But also, um, Super Duper uh, from Shirt Pocket, uh, that is $27.95. Um, and they are both. But there, there is, there, yeah. Just uh, I don't know if you uh, were going to mention there is also a free version that will back up. There is, there is. The, the, you, pay for, you pay for the ability to do an incremental backup, which makes it much quicker. And I did, I did that. I'm actually a, a super duper user, and I pay for that, and I use that every week. Yes, but yeah, just yeah. I, I you can't use super. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, I use both um, in various different guises because. You know, it, it doesn't pay to put all of your eggs in one basket. I mean, if you've got a time capsule uh, backup, which is all well and good, and your machine goes kaplunk, and you need to get from a, a you know... It, I think one thing I was going to ask you, Peter, actually, when you were talking about your, your, your time machine backup in the very first section of the show, was the fact that, I don't know about you, but I found it almost impossible to um, move my time machine backup onto another drive and then continue the process. It's a very difficult, if not impossible, process to actually complete. I see. Yeah. So you've got a time uh, capsule, uh, time machine backup, and you then you know delete that drive or get a new drive. If I find it, I, th I think it's almost nigh impossible, certainly for an everyday user, to move that backup onto the new drive and then you know start making the machine use that to continue where it left off. Yeah, I think that's one of perhaps the limitations. I mean, it might be possible. I mean, they are just files for the most part, but there's all, it's also it's also a little bit complicated. Yes, so the way it's it, in theory, it would be possible to copy all of the files on the source drive to the destination drive, and then redirect Time Machine to the destination drive. But you know, as I say, it is a bit of a uh, the way it works is a bit complicated in terms of how it stores the files and everything, yeah, and yeah. it might not be very happy about that. So what I did is I I just started. Started afresh. Yes. Um, well, I, 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 I had a, 
I had a list of exclusions that was quite big in order to fit onto my old drive. And I didn't want to bring those exclusions across or, or, or have any confusion with all of that stuff so i just started afresh and i've, I've still got the old drive with all that data on it yeah i must have been I've, I've, I've done that a few times to be honest with you yeah. but anyway with with lion coming up either of those uh two cloners um get yourself yourself cloned as well as your time capsule backup and you will be good to go if in case anything happens i do a i, I call it backup friday basically fridays are, um, i'm lucky enough to be able to work from home on fridays and that's when all my uh, macs are going whirring in the background doing a, a clone backup as well as the time machine backup which runs so what, it's back, backup friday is my backup day as well so, uh... <sighs> there you go we're doing the same Great thing. Think alike. Must be. Must be. Now I've got a. I've got a pick for guy. Now, what I hear you all say, guy's not here. I just couldn't resist it. I just could not resist getting a pick for guy. Now, um, the, <laughs> I'm not sure whether I should really be doing this, but we all know that guy uh, is a bit of a zombie fan. Well, perhaps you don't. Well, he is. He loves any games. Um, which has got zombies, and you shoot them. Well, <laughs> Lamebow versus Zombies <laughs> is for you, Guy. It's uh, an iPod. Um, I think it's a, a universal application. Um, so I think you can use it either on your iPhone and your iPad. It's certainly an iPhone app. Uh, app. And basically, is a, it, it, a super sheep that basically, Lambo the Lamb, who goes around killing zombies because he was on a farmyard and there was a terrible accident. You're, you're interested, aren't you, Pete? I can tell. Anyway, it's 99 cents. Yeah. It's 99 cents in the in the iTunes app store. Um, go and have a look. And um, I'll tell you what, I bet Guy won't be able to resist it because that's the sort of zombie-loving, killing person he is. You know, when you said super sheep, it, super um, it reminded sheep. me of the... Team Seventeen uh, Worms games, which I which I absolutely loved, and that has Super Sheep in it. That's 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 all I can I can relate to that. I never really got into zombies, I'm afraid. Guys, I, I mean, most I think most of the, if we if we put a percentage of picks on for Guy, it's normal. <laughs> it's quite a high percentage of Zombie Land. Anyway, I think that will about do it for this week. Um, remember, everybody. Um, I'll tell you what, before we go, Peter, tell everybody or remind everybody where you can be found uh, out in the um, interwebs for me. Yes, uh, you can find out everything you need to know about me at peter.upfold.org.uk. I'm also on Twitter. I actually have two accounts, which is very greedy of me. I have a protected account, which is Strategy Oracle. Feel free to, uh, to put in a follow requests. Uh, you know, I don't bite. I don't think. Um, and I also have a public account where I basically uh, just announce blog posts and talk to people that aren't following me and therefore can't see me if I talk to them, which is uh, at Peter Upfold. So it's peter.upfold.org.uk, at Strategy Oracle, and at Peter Upfold. Super. Thanks very much, Peter. Uh, and thanks for joining me tonight. It's uh, It's been a bit, been a blast. And uh, well, thank, thank you for inviting me. It's, it's been really fun. Ah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll have to have you on, I think, um, with Guy. And then you can really see how the action <laughs> flows sometime. Anyway, if you want to contact myself or Guy, you can get Guy at MyMac.com. And also you can get uh, Guy on the Twitters at Twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. <laughs> That's weird having to do it myself. That really is weird. Uh, you can contact me at gaz at mymac.com or twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. Uh, you can also send uh, feedback to fearlessleader at feedback at mymac.com. 
and our Skype number, which, Guy, I couldn't check because you didn't tell me how to. But if anybody does want to ring in, it's uh, area code 703-436-9501. And that's obviously a Skype number in the US, so you will have to pay for it, unfortunately. So 703-436-9501. And I think, I think, Peter, that'll do it. There we go. Thanks very much. See you, everybody. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to feedback at MyMac.com or call our Skype number and leave a message. The phone number is 703-436-9501. If you enjoyed the MyMac.com podcast, make sure you check out the other family of podcasts, all from MyMac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson.